The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast Meditate and give So manifest the greater this And things all good Cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth Is mental health It's an inside game No toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. La 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 la, inner wealth podcast. La 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 la, inner wealth podcast. La 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 la, inner wealth podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. Um, I want to start this podcast by talking about something that was very important uh, in my my journey and it's really ongoingly important in my life is that early on I had a good relationship with my mom and my dad and still have one to this day. But I also had good mentors in my life, people who were uh, also like father figures and mother figures outside of my parents. Again, a community, I felt like I was raised by the community. And by having those experiences early on in my life, I realized how important it was to uh, do the same for other people. And so today I actually want to talk to someone who, who's come into my life who's been, you know, very wise soul, I find, at a young age. And I offered her something uh, about a year and a half ago in terms of mentorship, and she's taken that taking that on and starts to run with it. And she's actually the head of inner support at Inception. So what up, though, Nina? <laughs> hey, what's going on? So welcome to the podcast. And we're just going to have this conversation about how did you, did you get to be so wise at a young age? So tell us uh, some of your, your journey in terms of um, how you really start developing your mind. Mm. I would say um, I was raised by a single mother. Mm. Um, I had I have three older sisters, one younger brother on my mother's side, my father's side, all boys, four boys. And growing up with a single mother, um, it's not easy. Mm. It's not, um, especially if your mother is always working all the time. So it's a lot of parenting being missed. It's only so much a single uh, mother can do. Mm -hmm. So that support system is very important, whether it's um, a next-door neighbor, um, my aunties, which is about like three three or two of those, Um, a lot of male influences in my life, which is like my cousins and uncles. But honestly, I learned a lot from the streets. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would look at me and they would never know or understand where I came from Mm. because of how I present myself today because I decided to not allow the streets to define who I am as an individual, but to allow it to be a chapter in the book to why I am the way I am today. Mm. So, yeah, but definitely start there. Like, I grew up, I learned a lot from people 
to me as a kid growing up, as a little girl, the people um, viewed, the people I looked up to as like murderers and robbers and killers mm. and all this crazy stuff. But I seen them as just people, mm. people that taught me great value and great things to look forward to in life and people that were kind to me. Like, perfect example, um, I remember growing up and it was this guy, he was a lot older than me, probably about like five, five or six years older than me, and I remember sitting on the porch with him probably a couple of times a week and he would help me with my homework mm -hmm. and give me great tips on dating or boys or career. He had asked me all these questions that my father never asked me because my father wasn't mm -hmm. in my life at the time when I was younger growing up. Mm -hmm. And then one day the guy wasn't there. And I'm like, what happened to this guy? And mm -hmm. next minute, I know he's on the news. And he killed his, the mother of his child because mm -hmm. she was trying to leave him. Wow. So everybody viewed this person as a murderer. And I was like, wow, that's not the person that I view him as. And the only difference between us is that our survival mode, it determines um, how we handle that. Mm -hmm. Some people people can be in survival mode and they can allow that survival mode to allow them to cope with things a negative way or that survival mode can help them to turn down a direction down a path to help them get better because they mm -hmm. realize living life in the survival mode is not the mode that you want to live in. Yeah. Which is what I decided to do. Well, how how did you know if you were in a survival mode? Do you realize did you do you have an understanding at a young age that you were in a survival mode? No, I didn't. I didn't at all. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. I remember just growing up and feeling, always go go with things based off how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I always, like certain people would say things to me. And I remember the key thing I heard growing up is kids do not listen. Mm. And I was like, okay, I want to be the opposite of that. I want to listen. What would happen? That curiosity, um, that kids have at a young age, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my curiosity and turn into something positive. And I want to go against what adults say about kids and prove them wrong. So I'm like, mm. I want to listen. What would happen if I listen? So every time an adult would speak to me, I would take that knowledge in and apply it to something in my life. Always. <laughs> mm, that makes sense because you're, you're a pretty, you're a really great listener. So at a young age, you you had a consciousness to really tap into something that was a gift for you yes. and, and to cultivate that into like a superpower. Because that's probably one of your superpowers <laughs> is like not just listening, but taking that what's being said mm -hmm. and reflecting it back to a person. Like there are certain people who are natural healers. And when I mean healer, I don't mean like we do the healing, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people think, oh, you're a healer. I'm I'm touching <laughs> you. I'm healing you. I think we're all healers for ourselves. But mm -hmm. you're a supportive person to people's healing process. And I find that naturally I'm like a coach or a teacher. That's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Mentor. That's that's just what I do. I enjoy doing that. You do a good so, job of it too. Well, so. <laughs> thank you. So you learned that at a young age to yeah. cultivate that gift. Um did other people recognize that in, in you as well? Um, honestly, a lot of people rec recognized that in me. It took me a long time to recognize that within myself mm. because I also had people in my corner, especially people like my age, always out to get me. Mm. And I will always still help them. 
Because it was like I would still see them. I see. You even see the though, best in them. Yeah, I seen the best in them. So I always wanted to help them. So I was kind of, I became like codependent. So your, your <laughs> gift your gift can also be your, your downfall. Yes, and my biggest downfall. And that's something that I've experienced as well, where the, the people that you help the most be the, will be the ones who betray you. Yes. But they're not the... But, but the real truth is they're not betraying you. Mm-hmm. They're betraying we, we themselves. Talk, we <laughs> talked about this yesterday. They're really, truly betraying themselves. Yes. It's only yes. when we're attached to them that we can feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. You know? But yes. in, in, And so that's where the healing comes in as you start to get on that healing journey. Mm-hmm. You know that you can help without being attached. Yes. Because yes. you're healing. You're not healing uh, to be healed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you had these experiences growing up, you found out that this person won. That's a traumatic experience, first of all, that mm-hmm. you just said. You you learned that this guy who's teaching you some things yeah. and he goes and kills someone. How yeah. did that how did that experience affect you? Um I think it traumatized me. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like I was like <laughs> I mean, of course it did, but like in a way... You probably didn't think about that to this point, right? Yeah. No, I actually thought about it this morning. Okay. Yeah. I thought about it this morning because I was just thinking about the podcast, prepping for it. Mm-hmm. Just in case, because I, I thought of him. Mm. And I thought about how we all are the same. It's just the decisions that we make in life that makes us different. It's And it's a hard thing, too, when you have people... I always say that bad people can do good things and good people can do bad things. Mm-hmm. But we're under this oppression that only good people have to only do good things. Right. And only bad people have to continually do bad things. Yeah. And that's the truth. That's not the truth. The truth is we're all heroes mm-hmm. and we're all villains to somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that but that doesn't what his action didn't diminish what he was able to impart into you because you still... It made me stronger. How old were you? When it happened, oof, I think I was like 12 or 13. When when he started telling you about things? Oh, he'd been telling me about things for a while, so... So what age were you then? Like nine or eight. Eight or nine. So let's say like four years, this person is kind of developing you and probably micro development. It's not like you're spending large amounts of time with this person, right? It's just Mm -hmm. in passing at times. He's dropping information to you. Right. Right. So in that, that, that time you're talking about how old you, you closer to (laughs) in your thirties. Well, you're not in your thirties, but you, you're getting up there and trying to tell your age, but, (laughs) but you still remember that person to the point where now you're mentioning that person today, yeah. even though he did something horrific. Yes. Isn't that interesting about life? Mm-hmm. How these people who are seen as perceived as bad can actually still be helpful in ways. Yeah. And that's why I honestly believe why a lot of people are comfortable coming to me because someone will look at that incident and they'd be like, oh, I don't trust people no more. Mm. I looked at that incident and I was like, I still see him for all the great things he's done for me. Yeah. So when people come to me, you can tell me anything in the world. And I do not judge you because who am I to judge you? Mm. That's just the way that you chose to cope with things based off your level of understanding, not mine. And that was a big lesson I had to learn throughout life is stop expecting me from other people. Wow. And when I stopped doing that, oh, my God, I I felt better. Mm -hmm. And the people around me felt better because I wasn't expecting me from them. I was just accepting them for who they were and just Mm -hmm. meeting them where they were at. And just going with that. 
Yeah. It's a lot. So So two superpowers yeah. now. We got we got <laughs> we got listening, right? Mm-hmm. And we have empathy. Yes. Empathy is like uh empathy is probably the top superpower for human beings in the world because if we all had that that view and that and we developed that 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 power, mm-hmm. the world would change drastically. Yes. Because we wouldn't look at each other as you know, good, bad, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be so quick to do what's called cancel culture. Yes. Like, oh, they said this, cancel them. Like, they said one thing, <laughs> like that, that, that whole life is ruined now. Like, yeah. or something you did in your past and now you can't become something different. Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that thought process is very um, dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Right? The yes. body can actually heal itself. Right? Mm-hmm. So think of your body had a, a injury. And the body's like, well, that's it. Can't mm-hmm. do no more. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference when we start to learn about neuroplasticity. The brain yes. can change itself. Were you? Did you ever learn at a, as a, at a young age that you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Yes, I did. Did you ever take that into understanding that maybe that you couldn't grow because once you, you know, you learn whatever you learned that you were stuck like that, you mm. couldn't learn anymore? Did you associate wow. that to to yourself? Because that's really what happens for a lot of us, yeah. that thought process. Yeah. See, me, a lot of people say I have an old soul. You do? So old. You're Grandma Nina. Yeah, Grandma <laughs> Nina. And this is, this is before I was in this play called um, Teen Hype, which mm. is a um, nonprofit in Detroit. And they taught me a lot. And I got cast as a grandmother. And I won awards for it and everything because it was just me being myself. Yeah. It was the first time that I learned how to use my voice for the greater good. Mm. And uh, it's a group of amazing women, um, um, Amber Amber Red and Miss um, Hutchins, mm-hmm. um, Frankie um, Hutchins, amazing women, great influences in my life. And um, <laughs> I don't know where I would be without those women. Mm. But it's other women as well that still didn't go down that path that helped me, such as um, my friend mother on the block that stayed down the street from me. I used to fight all the time, mm. all the time. I used to be the person. People would come get me just to fight. They say, come come get Grandma Nina. It's time come for get Grandma Nina. Yeah. yeah. Come get Nina. Fight. I remember stealing cars. I remember um, skipping school. I remember breaking into schools and selling things uh, just to make money. Like all types of little things, right? Mm. Just in survival mode. They can yeah. try to get the things that I felt like I needed. Yeah. But I already had what I needed. Right. But I had all these amazing women and men in the community that would see me for who I truly was at the time or who I am today. And they would tell me, you don't have to do that. Mm. Why do you do that? Mm. And they would, they didn't know how to show me a different way. But just by hearing, it was something in their spirits. I was like, okay. They got something. So you remain receptive, though. Yes. Like how how do was there a so for people young people who are listening like how how did you remain receptive even though you were you're in trauma mode? Mm-hmm. It's hard to listen when you when you're in, when you're yeah. in lack of safety, right? When yeah. you're in survival mode. So what was it that kept you open to certain things? Um, I always tell people. My greatest pain was one of the things that changed my life. Mm. And it was when my niece got murdered. 
Yeah, you talked to me about yeah. that, which was, you know, when you yeah. even tell me that story, I'm like, okay, I can't yeah. even, I can't even listen. Yeah, we're not gonna go into that story, but it was like, it's, it's up uh, to yeah. you. I, I, yeah, I'm like, okay, but I'm just yeah. saying when you when you shared this story, it's a very uh, tragic story, but yeah. it's like, you know, to think that, you know, there's some traumas that's in our in our in our culture that's like mm-hmm. that. You can you you were telling it to me just like yeah this happened and I'm just like holy yeah. I'm yeah. Like, what yeah you know so it's just it's mind blowing it's mm. so mind blowing that's when people come to me I say it's nothing you can tell me that I can't relate to mm. I don't have to go through what you went through I went through enough on my own mm. pain is pain but when I was um when I was six years old my niece was five years younger than me. Mm. And that was my best friend. She was one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, like, growing up, uh, we were close. Because my sister, oh, okay. my dad was around. So my oldest sister, um, shout out to her. Her name is Candace. Um, she's amazing. She raised me. She helped my mom um, raise mm-hmm. all of us because our dads wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And she raised me and my niece as if we were siblings. Mm-hmm. So when I was 11 years old, um, my niece had got murdered. Mm. And... Maybe murder is not the term. She got mobile dogs. Like the, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that. Yeah, and it was like all over the news. It right. was in the newspaper. Every time I turned my head, it was everywhere. Mm. So and, how did that How did that affect you? And not just you. So stay there, go there, yeah. and then your family. It affected us tremendously. Everyone was um, Everyone was hurting. Mm-hmm. in different ways and mm-hmm. showed it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, she tried to take me to counseling. It did mm-hmm. not work. Yeah, It was the opposite. I feel like my privacy was invaded mm-hmm. because they made me read my diary in front of my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I That's was interesting. Just, yeah, I was, I was thrown. But me, I don't know exactly how everyone else... As, Recently, I found out that my aunt, she was suicidal. One of my mm. aunts were suicidal afterwards. Was that her daughter? Nope. Okay. Nope. This She's is my niece. This is my mother's sister. Okay. So this is her, her great, it was her great niece. Yeah. And people was just, even people in the community was messed up from it. Oh, absolutely. Because she was an amazing kid. Yeah. Walking around um, just like me. Her mother was pretty much worshipped um, by people in the community because how mm. great of a person she was as well. Mm. So when you have a mother like that, imagine the kids. The kids is taken care of. We didn't grow up in fear. Mm. But I grew up in fear of myself. Mm. Because when I lost my niece, no one taught me how to cope with that. Yeah, I, well, nobody can teach you yeah, how nothing. to cope with that. Right? Yeah. It was just, it was tough. I became an angry person. Very angry and upset. Um, very destructive. So did they? So let's go back because you shared something about uh, stealing cars and things of that nature. Was that before or after that event? That was after. Why did I ask you that question? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. behavior is always coming from somewhere. Yes, that trauma. A lot of us don't yeah. think of it that way. A lot of us won't piece those clues together. Mm-hmm. They're doing bad in school, but they're acting out their emotions yes. that they can't. They can't process. Mm-hmm. That's all that is, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. So, so what other ways were you were you? What other ways were you acting out, and how long did it last? When did you When did you have the the aha moment that this is stemming from this? 
Um, my I my aha moment was when I was in a gang. I was in mm. a, this is so crazy saying this. I was in the sixth grade. Mm. And I remember it was a fight and we all made an agreement. I was like, I'm not down for the jumping. We just gonna fight the girl one on one and I'll fight her one on one. That did not go down like that. Okay. The moment I swung my fist, it was like ten other fists coming along with me. Oh wow. And I remember seeing the girl on the ground. Everyone just stomping her out, mm. just hitting her. And I remember seeing her best friend on top of her, covering her, protecting wow. her. Mm. And that right there did something to me. I'm like, this is not right. I started mm. breaking it up, and then we got chased by the police. In a moment, I got into the door when I got home. My mom said, you're going to a new school. I was like, whoa. And at the time, I was going to a school called Columbus. It's like in the middle of Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's like right by, well, like on the east side, right by Denby um, High yep. School. Okay. And I went to this school, and it was a, considered a better school, which it was. And that's when I met one of my mentors, which is, um, um, she's a teacher. Her name's Teresa, Teresa um, Comer. And mm. until this day, I'm actually meeting with her um, next Friday. Mm. Um, she's been working with me. Mm. And I remember her sitting down with me. I was just, my mind was just so far gone that it affected my um, grades. I couldn't even think right. I think I had, like, PTSD. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Yeah. And she sat me down, and you know what she told me? Mm-mm. She said, don't no man want no dumb woman. Mm. And I was like, what? Because at the time, it was all these dudes in the school trying to talk to me and all this other stuff. And I was dating this guy, very intelligent. And um, she just sat me down with my mom in front of my mom. She said, don't no, don't no man want no dumb woman. What mm. else do you have to offer besides your looks? Mm. And I'm looking at this like, who is she talking to? <laughs> you know, and this time I'm kind of like the thugged out. You're, you're like, thugged out I'm like, hold on, hold on. But once again, that discernment with that spirit, it was like, no, listen to this woman. She's trying to tell you something. And from that point on, from what was that, the sixth grade? No, I, yeah, the seventh grade, actually, all the way up until today. So from the time I was 13 all the way up to me being 27 going on 28, this woman stuck by my side. Wow. Through college and everything. And the same thing with the women from Teen Hype mm. as well. They stuck by my side and they, they were honest with me. And they showed me I didn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. But it's only so much that women can show you. That's why it's important to have men and women. Mm. And like, for example, you. Mm-hmm. You showed me a different thing as well. You showed me that men are not always sexual. Mm-hmm. You show me... Um, how a man's supposed to lead and uh, just entering the mind of a man. Mm-hmm. So just being able to have those great mentors from, you know, the opposite sex or yeah. just both sex is very powerful. And it, it really changed my life. Yeah, and it seems like in the culture nowadays, me and you talk about this often, <laughs> like the, the, this, uh, the, the men-women war, that it yeah. seems like a war. And then it's not a war. It's just a perceived mm-hmm. war. It's a programming. And that's why you got to turn that shit off. Yeah. You know, and stop yeah. thinking that, you know, there aren't any healthy black families, mm-hmm. that all men are dogs mm-hmm. and all women are bitches. And, you know, yeah. it's like those those are a reality. Mm-hmm. But that's not all the community's reality. Yes. Remember my dad came into Inception and we were, <laughs> I can't remember what we were talking about, but we were talking about successful people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there, there's none or we don't see that. And I was just like, they're everywhere. Yeah. The problem is we just not, a lot of people aren't um, exposed to that. Yes. 
but they're they're, they're everywhere. They are healthy, good black women. They are healthy, good black men. Mm-hmm. But if all you keep getting is the narrative that you see on social media, you know, yeah. that's that's a crazy narrative. Yeah, but then again, it's like, what is a healthy black man? What is a healthy black woman? You know, people don't even know what that is because they can have it right in front of them and right. definitely overlook and it. You, and you and you would sabotage it. Yeah. You would sabotage the thing that you would think think that's, um, you know, um, first of all, I say this. Anything that's not, that doesn't seem uh, familiar to you mm-hmm. can seem as unhealthy or unsafe. Yes. So if you're a, if you're a, a person, well, ain't no good men out here. And then you get with a man who is safe and good, mm-hmm. but you're unfamiliar to what safety feels like. Mm-hmm. The nervous system and the brain's desire is to keep you protected. And if that seems unnormal to you or uncertain, mm-hmm. it can deem that as not being safe, exactly. even though it is. Exactly. Like I always tell people all the time, how can you expect a man or let alone a woman to love you if you don't know you? Yeah. It starts there. And that's something I have to tell myself. Mm. I remember having extremely bad anxiety. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. What was it surrounding, you think? Because um, it carried on with me throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember I went to this this group. I got invited to this. Um, we used to have, like, these pop-up little things going on, on co- in college. Mm-hmm. And we went to the class. It was a free class to go to, and it was like a presentation, and it was on PTSD. Mm. And it was all these kids in the communities, like all around the world. And it was showing how their minds was affected to the point where it affected their education and their focus. Mm. And I remember looking to my friend. I was like, I think I have that. And then at that moment, I start. I used that information that I, I gathered from that session Mm-hmm. And I applied it. And from I think that was a big turning point for me because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I notice I have this. So let me research PTSD. Mm-hmm. How can I better myself from this? So that's mm-hmm. all. The, oh, meditation. Start meditating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to change the way I eat. Change the way I eat. Oh, I need to set boundaries. But I actually didn't start setting boundaries until later on in life, which is very interesting. But mm-hmm. <laughs> life will force you, if you allow it, force you to do things that you need to do. Well, as long as you keep moving forward in yeah. life, those things that are for you, that they're going to come into your life if, as long as you just keep moving forward. And yeah. the things that are not for you, if you keep moving forward, will fall away. Exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. if you if you resist, whatever you resist is going to continue happening on your journey. Yes. Like I would say a perfect example for me was when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I learned how to control my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, two incidents. The first incident when I was in college, um, I felt disrespected by a person. I felt like they disrespected me, and I ended up catching a case. Mm. Yeah, and at this time, I still didn't trust people, but for some reason, I had this teacher. It was a male uh, from my freshman year of college, and it was my I was in my junior year at the time. And I went to him, and I opened up to him about it. I just felt comfortable, once again, led by my spirit. And um, he said, you know what? I'm going to get you a lawyer. For free. And I'm going to stick by your side because this is, this is not you. Mm. This person just got to you. They knew exactly what they were doing. They provoked you. Mm. But even then, I was a person that still took responsibility for my actions. So I remember going to court, and I looked at the judge, and she said, what did you do? Everybody else, they go up there, they tell their story and all that stuff. I just 
plain as day. I said, I punched her. She mm. looked at me like I was crazy. She was like, that's it? I said, you got the cameras, don't you? She said, yeah. I said, what's the point of lying? Mm. I'm going to tell you the truth. I punched her. She said, hmm. Okay, what did you plead? What do you plead? I said, guilty. Mm. I said, I plead guilty. And she looked at me like, mm. wow, no story, no nothing. Like, So afterwards, she's like, all right, your court date, come back to this day for your sentence. And before I left, I told her, I apologize. I apologize for allowing another person to get me out of my character because I know that's not who I am. You mm. don't know who I am. I know who I am. And I know I can do better. And I apologize for wasting her time and being an inconvenience. Mm. And walked away and she stopped me. She said, wait a minute. Something <laughs> is not right, right here. She said, I need to talk to you one-on-one. Mm. I, I need to. Like, who is this person? Right. You know, character speaks. You yeah. taught me that. Yeah. You taught me that. But at the time, I just was going with what I felt. Mm. And I remember... Um, I sat and I talked to the judge and stuff like that. And when it came to my sentence day, I had my teacher had my back. I had my uh, mentors. They wrote letters, you know, mm-hmm. all these letters from all these great people. I didn't, I didn't need it because just by that judge seeing my presence, it was enough. Yeah. I got to the court. They said the family wanted me in jail. They called me a murderer. Mm. All these crazy things. And the judge still said, no, not guilty. Yeah. And she gave me promotion. She put me on this trial thing. I forgot what it's called. Called um, It's some type of program where it don't show up on your, on your record. Okay. Yeah, so I did that for six months and get, got off early. I was honest with my probation officer. Uh, I remember she was like, yeah, we, you know, we do random drug tests. I said, well, I'm going to fail it. She was like, wait, what? Mm. Once again, being honest. I'm like, yo, I just smoked weed the other day. I'm just going to be honest with you. She said, okay, just don't do it again. And what happened? I didn't do it again mm. because I learned from the streets, from my hood, um, honesty is everything. Yeah. You can, your word, if you don't have your word, you know, that's nothing. You see how you can pick up something helpful even in an environment that may seem dysfunctional? Yeah. Even the, even the streets have a code. Yeah. So when you have people who who don't have character, Mm-hmm. Like, or who, who lie or manipulate or over-exaggerate, <laughs> which is nothing but lying. Oh, right? it gets under my skin. It gets under my skin, but the oh. thing is, like, character, you know what character really means? Mm. It's congruency. It's congruency from actions, from, from, from talking to action, mm. right? Yeah. What I say, I do. Yes. That's character. Yeah. And then there's a consistency to it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a truth to it, owning up to a mistake mm-hmm. and speaking that no, yeah. this is what I did. Mm-hmm. That ain't that's not something that 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 a lot of people. That's why that judge she see cases after case mm-hmm. after case. Mm-hmm. She didn't see that before because character is really lacking. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said this wise soul to understand <laughs> what you what you. Resist will persist. Oh, I ain't mm-hmm. guilty. Mm-hmm. I ain't do that. Yeah. Okay. As long as you keep trying to say <laughs> what you didn't do, but you clearly did. Yeah. It's gonna fo- It's gonna follow you. Yeah. That's what I always tell people. Everything I do is with intention. I mm-hmm. when I hit that girl, I wanted to hit that girl. Not saying it was right. Yeah. But I wanted to. Yeah. Well, of course. I purposely broke her jaw for a reason. Not saying it was good. 
Right. But I learned from that. Mm-hmm. And what I learned was every every reaction does not need a response. Mm-hmm. Including other people's actions. Well, every reaction, every doesn't need a dysfunctional <laughs> response. <laughs> this is true. And your response, no response is a response. Yes. That's very All true. Right? Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of people who can provoke me. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean they need my response. Mm-hmm. My response may be to go vent off outside of that situation, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go and, and, and bring myself down to you. Right. And exactly. I'm not going to give you the energy that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Because if I give you that energy, I could be using that energy to keep building what I'm building. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So when you start to learn that, but see, we're going to go down the trauma road in a minute. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you didn't learn to control your emotions. You can you learn to control an out-of-control person. Yes. That's so true. So at, at what point did you start to dissipate? the out-of-control person where you didn't need to be in control, you just needed to be? Um, I would say, so I'll say the second thing, when I say two things happened in college that helped me. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in college, I was doing an internship, and I was working 80 hours a week, 40 unpaid and 40 paid. And... I remember the environment that I was in at the time was very toxic, Mm. very toxic, and it affected me, my mental. And I just, until this day, I don't know how I made it that far in the internship, but Mm. it was just, my mind was just all over the place. And I remember I ended up getting fired from the internship, and to me, that was my ticket. Like, it was like, all I had to do was get through the internship. I'm good at everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like a perfectionist. And I'm like, all I got to do is get through it. That's I got my Virgo. job. Yep, that's that Virgo. Get through it. You got this job. You set, girl. You set. You know, everybody already had these expectations for me to be something great and bigger, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, I'm like, okay, this is my ticket. All I got to do is go through this. I'm done. I already finished college, internship. I'm good. But when I got fired and they never told me why, that destroyed me. Mm. You still don't know. What? Why? I still don't know until this day. Oh, wow. Still don't know until this day. She walked in. She gave me my paper. She said, you're done. I'm like, oh, I finished early? She said, yeah. She said, you have enough credits to um graduate. I said, oh, thanks for my internship. We had to get a certain amount of mm-hmm. hours and credits. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. So what about the job? You know, I still work here? She said, no, you're done. Like, as in, you're being terminated. Mm. I said, I need to talk to someone. Okay. I waited an hour. She said the lady was in an interview. I waited an hour for the lady. And I'm waiting and waiting. They come back. They said, oh, yeah, she don't feel like talking to you. She got to go to a baseball game. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> wow. So all the, the 80 hours of working uh-huh. nonstop mm-hmm. on top of me dealing with being in a toxic environment, dealing with family issues, deaths, you name it. Mm-hmm. And someone coming to you, come to you, for the first time in my life, I gave something my all, and they tell you it's, it's for nothing, not an explanation or anything. But you got your credits. Yeah, I got my credits. I got that degree. Hey, well, you, again, so it's like that, yeah. that perception, right? You, yeah. Trust me, you got exactly what you needed. Yeah. I didn't get what I wanted, but you I got what, what I needed. Wanted. Yeah. Because a lot of times what you want 
It's not it for, you. for you. It's not. And I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. But you know what helped me be able to see that? Mm. To get through that depression I was in for about a year? Mm-hmm. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I came to Inception, mm. and I did a brain training for the first time. Mm. And you know what just that one brain training did for me? Mm-mm. It gave me motivation. Okay. And it was what I did with that motivation that changed my life. Mm. Like I tell people, you can come here, you can get this healing work, but what you do with it afterwards, is de- it, it determines yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can free up your resources and you have the energy and the ability to go and do what it you need to do. But just because yeah. you have the ability doesn't mean that you're going to go and use it in the way that you need to use it. Exactly. Right. How mm-hmm. you What you do with your consciousness that's freed up at that point is still up to you. Right. Exactly. Doesn't mean you're going to go do the, the best things with it. That's mm-hmm. up to you. Mm-hmm. But those are possibilities that you didn't have before. Exactly. That's true. Like, I didn't have that motivation before. Yeah. I didn't. And so, so you, but you were in a, um, you were in a car crash too at some point, right? When, yes. when, when did you get into that, that car accident? Ooh, that was in was college. Was that before or after? That was, um, before, um, the court case and everything. Um, I got in a car accident that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, wow. I could have died. Yeah. I was, uh, I remember our, we, it was New Year's Eve. We was driving. It was icy out. And I remember just wanting to lay my head on the door to go to sleep. And as soon as I did that, something said, look up. Mm. I said, what? It said, look up. And it got louder, the voice. Mm. And I was like, why am I looking up? I look up, my friend, she's texting and driving. And then I look up, it's a BMW, all black. I won't ever forget this, speeding down the side street. And I'm looking like, she's not paying attention. They don't look like they slowing down. I think we're going to crash. Mm. And I yelled. And by the time I yelled and she looked up, it was over. Mm. And the car hit me. And I remember waking up. Before I woke up, I had a moment where... You know, people say my their life flashed before their eyes. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to die because my future flashed before my eyes. Mm. I see my future. I see me graduating. I see me smiling. I see me married. But it was like blurry. But I seen it and I felt it. And then everything stopped. Mm-hmm. And I see my ancestors and they told me, you got to go back. And it was my grandmother and my niece, my niece that I lost. Mm. They said, you got to go back. And I said, ooh, the way I'm feeling, I don't want to go back. This feel good. Like, it mm. was nothing. Like, you almost had an uh, uh, <laughs> NDE. You know what an yeah. NDE is, right? No, it's Near-death experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember that. And they told, me, they told me to go back. Okay. I didn't want to. They said, no, the world needs you. Mm. Go back. I woke up. Worst pain in my life. Door was stuck in my side, legs. Oh, wow. The, the bottom of the car had my legs stuck, and a mm. dashboard was closed in. Um, extremely pain, no broken bones or anything. But when it came to, like, the emotions and stuff like that, my body afterwards, never been the same. So that was that was uh, before 
the case where you hit the girl. Yeah. That was before the internship. Yes. All right. So I'm 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 painting a picture here because I want you to really start to uh uh connect these dots Mm -hmm. because I know something specific happened to you in that car accident, which was a TBI. Yes. A traumatic brain that you just found out about. (laughs) Yes. So if you can go back into that, how did that alter your ability to think, um, process emotions? And because there's a lot of things that you lost that you you just really came aware of that you probably lost, right? Yeah. Like, and people don't, people just think, oh, well, if you had the car accident and you walked away. Mm-hmm. You okay? You okay? No, you good, right? <laughs> right. It's not. No, this. No, it's like we watched watch these Rocky movies where he's getting hit in the head, hit in the head, hit mm-hmm. in the head. Like, bro, you take one of those punches <laughs> in real life and you can die, yes. or your whole life can be altered. I work with people who had traumatic brain injuries before. Mm-hmm. They literally, one woman in specific, she. She didn't couldn't process to, you know, if she's cooking something on the stove, mm-hmm. specifically if she told me this story, she's cooking barbecue, you know, the the thongs you pick up to pick up yeah, the uh to pick the, up the food and the stuff food, like that. Right. She couldn't process to grab like a fork or something to to, to pick it up or turn it over. She would wow. go and take her hand and put it in and be burning wow. herself. Yikes. When she was on the freeway, if you're on a freeway, you got two sides. On the other side, she felt mm-hmm. like those cars was coming towards her. Mm-hmm. You know, she had she had like an Astro van. This is an older van. And she was in the back seat. And it was like she got hit from behind. She mm-hmm. wasn't even driving. And that's what caused that, that TBI. Wow. The more trauma you experience in your life, the less likelihood you survive the next trauma. Mm-hmm. If you're not regulated from it. And it, you, you know that conversation, how we talk about releasing traumas. If you don't release that trauma, the likelihood changes. Yes. So... That's why I wanted to paint this picture and bring you up to the, to that point where, like, did <laughs> yeah. you, can you look back now mm-hmm. after you start getting access back to some of your resources to see how that car accident changed you? Yeah. Um, I had a lack of patience for people. Hmm. It was because, oh, I remember, now that I think about it, I remember after the accident, I had um, two best friends at the time we were super close to. And um, I cut them off mm. because the amount, my, my, I, I couldn't take it. Yeah. I could not handle it. The level of stress they would cause on me, mm-hmm. I just left them alone. Yeah. So it helped me, but then it didn't allow me to handle situations the healthy way. Because mm-hmm. cutting off is not always good. I don't no. think it's good. It's a, another way Not where you always, can let people. Sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes you do got to cut people yeah, off. Right. But other times it's a healthier way where you can let people go. Mm-hmm. There's a difference from cutting off and letting people go. And I had to learn that. Yeah. You know, and I just remember every time like things would happen and I just felt like I would have like these outer body experiences where I had no control of my body mm. or sometimes I felt like my brain was about to explode. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah, like just ticking, 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 and then snap. Overwhelm of the nervous system. Yes. You've uh there's a wrestler named uh Chris Benoit. Yeah. Chris him. Benoit Crossface <laughs> I think we talked about this the other yeah. day. So I was a big wrestling guy back in the day. Mm-hmm. He used to jump off the top rope and do this move where he would headbutt you, mm-hmm. right? Why why the person was laying on the ring. And he did that move mm. over and over and over. Now again, wrestling is let's call it fake let's call it scripted 
Yeah. Because a lot of those injuries, them injuries ain't fake that they're no. getting. They may be scripted, but they definitely get injured. And so he did this move over and over and over and over, right? Right. To the point where um, he had CTE, mm. which is the concussion you know, syndrome that we know that football players get. Yeah, well, Will Smith made the movie about concussion. Right, right, yeah. right. So now um, he goes and kills his wife and kid and hung himself, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So you can see we're going down this road because you can see how head trauma can totally alter your behavior. Yeah. But not just head trauma. You have you have post-traumatic stress from another event. Mm-hmm. And then you probably could have had it from somewhere else, other stressors in the environment. And yeah. if the if the body does not regulate from all that, mm-hmm. now you you punching the girl, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now you say I, I got to get control of my emotions, but there's still a Nina inside of that says, "Hey, <laughs> you acting totally out of character." Yeah. Because the brain and the body is all about survival. And anything mm-hmm. it remotely seems as threatening, yo, it's going to do what it needs to do to, to protect you from it, even if it's irrational. Yes. So if the judge now, and you still have the rational ability to still tell the truth, that mm-hmm. says a lot about you. Yeah. You know? That's what I realized, too. I'm like, wait, I got a TBI. I didn't graduate college with this TBI. Right. I didn't got to where I'm at today with this TBI. I'm like, wow, I'm a very powerful person. I'm yeah. proud of myself. And and human beings. Yeah. Human beings are very uh, resilient. Mm-hmm. The problem is at some point you got to heal or you will not survive the next event. Mm-hmm. Because what did I say? When you keep adding those traumas on, then you will not survive the next event. Mm-hmm. There's only so much the brain and the body can take before that's it. But you know what? I felt that. Mm. I felt that. I didn't know I had a TBI. I didn't know half the stuff that we talking about now and we know now. I did not know, but I felt it. Mm-hmm. I always had the intuition intuition with myself. Mm. So that's why last year when people thought I was crazy and I felt myself about to break, mm. I could have been just like the wrestler we just talking about committing suicide, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I dropped everything. I mean, everything, my job, everything, packed up whatever I could and moved to Virginia. Mm. And that's when I started to allow myself to heal. Right. So that's less we can go down that road is what happened. Always, you know how I talk a lot about space. Mm -hmm. When there's so much in the environment that the brain and the body are consistently reacting to these triggers. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. There's alarms going off inside of you. Yes. You don't sleep well? Didn't sleep well, did you? No. Okay. Don't sleep. So that means if you don't sleep well, you don't recover. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> don't sleep well, you don't recover. Right. And if you don't recover, then you don't have access to your ability to focus and concentrate and all your other faculties, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I was sleeping in cars. I slept more in a car than I did in my bed. And then you're supposed yeah. to be out here and you're supposed to be trying to, to do the do the work as mm-hmm. if you were doing when you had those resources. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't keep up. The body can't adapt. So you had to go. One of the seven habits of highly effective people is sharpening the saw. You had to go. Yes. Drop everything that you know. Yes. To get out of your environment. See, I moved to South Florida. I told you in that my church <laughs> episode, right, where I yeah. got kicked out of church, I moved. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people move based on trauma. Yeah. Because it's helpful to get out of the environment that you were, that the pain was involved in. Yes. 
Now, that's not that's not the healthiest way because at some point you're going to have to confront. Yes. Because no matter where you go, where you move to, you it's going to mo- carry on with you. You can move to Bali. You can move to heaven. Mm-hmm. If it ain't, if it's not out of your body, it's still there. Mm-hmm. So yes. once you move to Virginia and you got that space because you you got different environment. Mm-hmm. It's not Michigan. You got your ability. I remember I used to talk to you. I said, you got your ability there to be somebody that you've never been here before. Yes. Because people here know you, mm-hmm. but people there don't know you. Right. And life is a stage, and you can be an actor or actress in any way you want to. So how did that help you to be somebody different? Um, When I went there, I, I remember you telling me I could be whoever I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. And when you said that, once again, that lis- listening ability... It did something to me. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be that Nina that's always on the go and working nonstop and mm-hmm. tearing myself apart, building other people up. I'm going to apply all those things I was putting into other people that didn't appreciate it. I'm going to apply it to myself. Mm. So that's when I tapped into um, self-love. I start, started to learn how to love myself. Mm-hmm. Whether it was reading books, um, Watching movies and spending time with myself, um, meditation, um, doing day adventures, like going to mm. the beach and walking on the beach. And, so you got one, yeah. one, you got reconnected. Yeah, I reconnected. I got grounded. This reconnected whole episode myself. is going to be called Reconnected because <laughs> that's what happened yeah, for you. Yeah, oh my God. I fell in love with myself. Mm. I'm like, wow, I'm such an amazing person. Mm. It felt so good. And when I was able to get grounded in myself and reconnect with myself, that voice that always been with me my whole life said, now it's time for you to take what you have and you got to go back home. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Hated yeah. It. I was like, no. I remember your mom was like, girl, you crazy. You coming back here. You got the beach. And I live right. like 20 minutes away from the ocean. Like I was set. Like I was happy. I get it. Well, yeah, I thought I was set, but God said, you have things within you that you need to share with the world. Yeah. I didn't have take you away from that just to, you know, have you here by yourself. Mm. You have things that need to be applied to life, to the world that the world needs. You have a story that need to be told, and you still have some work that you need to do. And in order to do that, you have to go back home. Mm. And it was hard, but I did it. Because that same voice was the same voice that told me, hey, it's time for you to get up and leave. And when he told me that voice that I heard within me when I moved, it was like I woke up in the morning and it was like, hey, go get an oil change and go get some new tires. I'm like, yeah, let me go to get my oil change, get new tires. And he said, all right, I want you to go to Virginia. I'm like, uh, well, what money? Mm. <laughs> Don't worry about that. You trust me? I said, yeah, I trust you. All right, we'll go to Virginia. Don't worry about it. I got you. Mm. I got my oil changed, got the tires, got home. My sister was like, hey, you know that unemployment about to kick in. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to do that. Don't worry, I'll take care of it for you. I said, okay, cool. At the time, I think I had only maybe like $150. Mm. Uh, packed up my car that same day. It was four, four forty-five. You, you moved during the pandemic, right? Yep. Okay. Yep, 4.45 p.m. Mm-hmm. I was driving in the middle of the night, never drove. It was a 12-hour drive. Never drove that far by myself ever in my life. And I drove, and I loved it. People hated it. They couldn't understand it. Like, why would she just get up and leave? Why, yeah. would, why would she leave us? And I was like, I'm, I've am i been there for y'all. It's time for me to be here for me. Yeah. 
And when I got there, I remember the voice telling me, and this go, this this is gonna get something deep, and now it's connected with me. The voice told me, if you want to be closer to me, you want to know who I truly am, go to Virginia. And when I got there, I thought it was a church. I mm. said, okay, I'm about to join a church. Mm. I'm like, no, it's not a church. I'm like, all right, maybe it's a person. No, it was me. God is within me. Yeah. I am the church. Exactly. I had to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> and when I realized that no matter where I go, he will forever be with me. Right. That church is it's not a building to go to. Because mm. what you going to do when that building get tore down? Who are you then? Exactly. So who, yeah. who are you if they burned every Bible? Exactly. If they burned yeah. every sacred text. Seen the book of Eli. <laughs> who are you then? Right. Mm-hmm. And who are you guided by? The mm-hmm. source. Yes. And we all connected to that source. Yeah. I like how Wayne Dyer says, yeah, we're all connected to the source. The question is, what's blocking you? What's corroding your signal mm-hmm. to that source? Mm-hmm. Your trauma blocks you from that source. Yes. It corrodes that signal. So when we're talking about getting back to us, I did a whole episode on it, right? couple mm-hmm. of them. Awakening <laughs> from the trauma matrix. What yeah. I talk about, get back reconnected to yourself. And some people, they don't like to hear that. That you are that. Mm-hmm. It is you. Yes. Connect to yourself. That is God. Mm-hmm. People don't like that because that that sounds so, that's a conflicting message to what they've been told, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-mm. If you read the Bible, the right. Bible's telling you the same thing. I know. When you pray, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Right. You're talking to the thing that's that you're made of. Right. You would die if you if you didn't have God particles in you. Right. Well, you say be that example of who I am. When people see you, they should see him, right? Yeah. People can be in my presence now and they feel healed. They feel healing. They feel peace. Why? Because I feel that way within myself. Exactly. Cause I, cause yeah. well, one safety. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's called that's a scientific term. We call it co regulation. Yes. When someone comes into the environment and I'm a, re- I'm a regulated person, you're a regulated person, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they can start to regulate. Yes. They mirror, they can start to mirror you. Mm-hmm. And once they start to mirror you, they get open again. They get mm-hmm. open back. I'm talking about neurophysiologically. Yes. If they yes. come in and, and if you look at their, their, their body and their tense, mm-hmm. but you know, you can go from, you can kind of be on guard with the four seconds called mirroring and NLP. Mm-hmm. You're kind of on guard and then you slowly uncross your arms and you yes. drop your posture and they start to mirror you and they start to open up mm-hmm. and they start to get connected back to yourself. That's what's called heart-to-heart communication. Yes. HeartMath Institute has done research on this. Mm. We co-regulate, but we have, in society, we have people who are traumatized and trying to connect with each other mm-hmm. is not going to work. What's that trauma bonding? <laughs> trauma bonding. Yes. And then it's the trauma bombing. But you you think it's safety. Mm. But it's a false sense of safety. Yes. Because yes. it will blow up on you. Mm-hmm. And it typically does. And then people say, well, well what happened? Mm-hmm. You blew through all the red flags. Yes. Do you know how I walk? I walk about 10 miles in my neighborhood a day. And I just started noticing how many people I saw blow through stop signs. Mm. It would irritate me too when I see it. Like, why? Why are you going so <laughs> fast? And why are you? Why are you blowing through that stop sign? Mm. That's us. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You blow through those signs because the trauma blinds you mm-hmm. from the sensory suit that mm-hmm. we live in. The sensory suit that we live in, if the temperature changed just a bit in here, mm-hmm. you can get goosebumps, chills. What's that? That's the body responding to the environment. Exactly. So when yep. you meet people and you don't get a good feeling about them, you need to listen. Yeah. <laughs> That's your sensory suit. Mm-hmm. But what do we do? We, just we blow through it. the stop signs. Yeah, we just ignore it. It's like you're ignoring yourself. Yeah. And as I tell people, you don't love yourself when you ignore yourself. If you say, if my body, I remember talking to a client and I was telling her, I'm like, um, how did she was explaining that story? She said, I felt overwhelmed and um, my family called me and they needed me. And I went. I said, why? She was like, I told, I said, did you tell me you was tired? She said, yeah. And I'm like, then what happened? She started feeling bad and guilty because they was making her feel that way. But nobody can make you feel anything. Exactly. So she allowed, yeah, she allowed. them to make right. her feel that way. Which, in other words, I said, you allow other people's voices to overhear your own. Please go and watch Westworld. Yes. <laughs> I don't even want to give spoilers on that, man. But that Yo. that show is so deep. If you Yo. really watch that Journey to the Center of the Maze, mm. and you watch that show, Journey to the Center of the Maze, mm-hmm. and what you're going to see that what you've been seeking for your whole life, mm-hmm. if you are a seeker, is your own voice. Yes. Boom. All them voices yeah. outside of you, you thought that, no. Is no, your voice. You do. You know. People yeah. know the so, answers. So back to this thing where you say, something told me. No, it not wasn't something. We have to say, stop saying something. <laughs> it was me. It was me. Yeah. It was me. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's the God disguised as me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not separate. Mm-hmm. If you take a thimble and you take it to the ocean and you take that thimble and you put it in the ocean, you take it away. The ocean is vast, Mm -hmm. but just because I take a small sample of it from the ocean, is it not still the ocean? Mm. (laughs) That's a Wayne Dyer quote. Yeah. That's God. That's God. Yes. Just because you're a small piece of it doesn't mean it's not you. Mm. Right. What's not you is the distorted version. Mm -hmm. That's not you. That's a distortion, but that's not you. Yes. That's why I say the kingdom of heaven is within and journey inward. Mm-hmm. All the resources are there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what helped with that? What's that? Trauma release. So what's that? Trauma what's trauma release? release? I always tell people before I teach a class, it's time for us to reconnect with ourselves. And trauma release is one of the perfect things for that. Because the trauma is not only held in our mind, it's in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people, we got therapy and stuff like that, brain training. That can help us with that. But will help us with releasing trauma for our mind, traumatic events. But our bodies is different. Trauma release help you to be able to discharge that anxiety and all those things that you hold within yourself. Um, It helps you create space. And that's literally what it felt like. Mm -hmm. I remember, do you remember that phone call I made? I called you and I said, David, I need help. And you're like, what's going on? And I said, yo, I remember this guy I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. He tried to touch me. And it wasn't even a sexual way. He was just trying to hold me. Mm-hmm. You know, just embrace me. We just cuddling. And I went into a panic attack and I got tired of it. Mm. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I need help. 
I don't like feeling like this in my body. And then that's when you had me um, do trauma release. Mm -hmm. And it changed my life. It changed me to the point where people that I've been known my whole life look at me and they barely can recognize me. Or what did I tell you yesterday? <laughs> I said that I go back from the first time I met you to now. <laughs> you, 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 were, you were a diamond in the rough at that time. You know, you definitely were a diamond. You just had to brush some of off, some off that dirt. Yeah. You know, that was, and that's, that's like all of us, man. Yeah, like to go through these us. moments, like we were yeah. just like, man, we were rolling in the mud and it's like, Yo. man, we are not ourselves at this point. Yes. But I can definitely see the change in just your whole energy, how you move. Um, it's interesting too, how you, um, and we'll go back to that, but how you, like sometimes I'll listen to you, like say stuff to people mm -hmm. and I'll just cringe like, ooh. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, man, she just, ooh. I'm like, she tore into that girl. But it's it's like, it's not even, I don't want to call it tough love. You know what it is? Hmm. The truth. Yes. It's truth with love. And it's not It's not even, <laughs> that truth is, it's not like your tone is mean. It's just truth. And a lot of people, man, like, that's why I think that, as a part of being our inner supporter inception, these people come in. I hear you say stuff to people that I'm like, and I say stuff to people. Yeah, you do. I <laughs> you do. be on it. <laughs> but but you're on a whole nother level of saying stuff to people because I'm like, because that just, it's a different level to me. I, I I do things, you know, we do things differently, but, yeah. but people be open and receptive to that because yeah. it's the truth. Because you know what I find that, that people who lie, mm. they like to be lied to. Yes. That's how you know, People who are, you know, liars, they like to be lied to. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be mirrored back to. And that's why those people in your your past, they can say things to you and you were open and just hear it because you know that they weren't trying to be malicious. They were not trying to be anything but helpful. Mm -hmm. And you needed to hear that truth. Yes. You didn't need to be defensive. You needed that. Mm -hmm. You need, And it, it might be seem like tough love. But it ain't tough love, man. It's just, listen, sometimes it's hard to hear the truth about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's not until you really listen that you're going to be able to make real changes. Yes. So, and that was that was me for you. Yes. Because I give you, I want to call it again, tough love. But I, I'll be on your head. <laughs> <laughs> but I know yeah. you can take it too. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I see you dish it and you take it and that and that's just that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you came in, you did trauma release that one day. And I just remember, I remember you telling me, like, that was like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, that was your first time crying in a while or something yeah, like that? Um, yeah, I had a hard time crying. Mm. Is anybody that know me is very, even my family, if I cry, it freaks them out. That, that means you about to kill somebody. Yeah, it yeah. freaks them out. Yeah. So now when they see me as this new person, they it's like they don't know how to react to it. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. Because now you got to, it's like re reintroducing myself to my loved ones. This is who I am. Yeah. Reintegration. Yeah. And that reintegration too, before it starts with your loved ones, it starts with you and you even feel off base. Like, what is these tears? Yeah. Like, what is this emotion? Like, yeah. what is all of this? <laughs> it's like this. Welcome to the land of the living. Yes, exactly. I feel more alive. Mm -hmm. I remember I was telling you, I think it was yesterday. I remember majority of my life, I was in survival mode. Yeah. Now, 
I'm just living. I went from being survival mode. Um, I remember living just just to live. I remember waking up some mornings when I was in college or probably like two years ago mm. or even about almost a year ago, waking up just to go to sleep, wow. feeling no purpose. Mm. I wake up every morning with purpose, with happiness. Mm-hmm. Whether if I'm not feeling good or whatever, I'm okay with it because I realize I'm human. You're not going to yeah. always be happy. It's going to be times you'll be sad and you're going to be, you know, tired and just being okay with that, you yeah. know. But at least every night I lay my head and I go to sleep, I go to sleep knowing that I lived my purpose today. Yeah. Well, and and, and you coming back too and then doing that trauma release, it was... Yeah. um. That was that was a uh, transition. Oh yeah, that was a huge. We transition. We talked about that yesterday. <laughs> that was that was that feminine y'all, energy. Y'all should have heard the podcast that was on the phone yesterday because <laughs> that right there, it's like, well, we recorded that right there because it was yeah. just like, yeah, I, I remember you. Stuff. You struggled, and and that's no different. I came yeah. home, I was broken. I had to move back home, mm-hmm. and I struggled. Yeah, because I was not. I was not. I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I, I need, but I needed to come back and I needed to start my journey yes. on this new way. Mm-hmm. So you struggle. I struggle. That struggle is just, yeah. it's just a part of it. It's nothing wrong with struggling. Yes. Like if you go to the gym and you're bench pressing and you got a spotter, mm-hmm. we all got spotters, mm-hmm. even though we don't know we do. We always got support. Yeah. Even when you don't know you have support, there's a support there. Yes. And as long as you, you can be struggling to lift that thing. But as long as you lift it, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. As long as you lift it, and you can lift it, we're resilient. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you have to you have to be able to accept help. Yes. And use your resources around you to support you. That's all we offer at Inception. Yes. Support resources as you struggle mm-hmm. to to gain resilience. To take that energy that's on the inside, that post-traumatic stress that's on the inside of there. Yes. Guess what? That energy that's on the inside of you that you had, mm-hmm. that was all built up, the car accident, mm-hmm. your, your your niece and every other thing you Betrayal, went through. Betrayal, you name it. Betrayal, <laughs> all that energy. Guess where that's at? Mm-hmm. That was on the inside of you, right? Yes. Guess what? You can convert it. Mm-hmm. You can transmute it. Yes. It's moving again. I talk about it all the time from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. And that's what you jump to. Now yeah. you're walking in a whole different energy. Yeah, now I can make people feel things that they never even felt in their lives. Hmm. Just by my presence. I remember talking to the girl. I said, what do you feel right now when you're with me? She said, I feel safe. This is one of our clients, a couple of them. Hmm. I was like, okay, what else do you feel? I feel peace. I said, you know why you're you're feeling that way? She said, why? I said, because I feel that way within myself. Mm. And I'm choosing to share that space with you. Yeah. So then they can get that that's already present. That that peace is present on the inside of them. Yes, exactly. It's not absent from them. It's just that you gotta you gotta pour out the cup. You gotta pour out the cup. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta dissipate. Yes. So for your your cur your uh your generation. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you see happening that you would like to to help with in terms of um, problems? And then what are some of our, the solutions? Um, a lot. I see a lot of people wearing a mask mm. in my generation. A lot of people 
just not keeping it real, not, not only with themselves, but with their loved ones. Mm. And then expecting these, uh, these expectations, this un, these unrealistic expectations from their loved ones. And it's like, how do you expect them to love you and accept you and be there for you if you don't even let them in? Mm. And then let alone, they don't know how to give that back out. Because everyone's in this protection mode. They have this protected self. Mm-hmm. And um, then you have some people out here, it's like the two different types of codependency. You got the people that want to be the hero, and you have the people that want to be the victims. Mm. And these heroes that's out here, they feeding off your drama like vampires. Mm. So every time you got drama, they come to your rescue. And when they come to your rescue, you treat them as if they're the hero and they're feeding off that. Yeah. Besides just being it's real. Called with a white them. knight syndrome. Yeah. You know, and then you got the victims that's always blaming people and the other person besides taking responsibility. Right. So what I would love to do for my generation is to show them self-love is key mm-hmm. by being honest with yourself. And if you can be honest with you and be comfortable with you, like in a float tank, like I always tell people, you get in there, whatever comes out, that's a, re- that's a mirror of who you are. Yeah. If you can sit with yourself and love yourself, then you can change the world because you're learning how to heal yourself. And by you being healed and choosing mm. that, you can help heal those around you. Yeah. That's ready for it. Right. And just learning how to be okay with it. Because not, there's not one world mm-hmm. when we use that term world. Mm-hmm. There's the earth. It's not. There's the earth. <laughs> and then you have how many people on it? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you got billions, but within within yeah. billions of people, within all of them, is a world. Mm-hmm. That is a world. Yes. So to change the world, you have to go inward and change your internal world. Exactly. How you're experiencing life, mm-hmm. how you're projecting it, how you're manifesting it. Yes. Yes. How you're co-creating in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So that's where that, that world changing comes from. It's like, listen, it's one person. Mm-hmm. It's just one person. You. You. Change you. <laughs> Change you. That's it. Right. I, that's why everybody that come through that door, you know what I tell them? I said, thank you. Mm. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't know. Thank you. By you choosing to heal, you're changing the world. And I want everyone to know that when you come in here, you're not coming in here. Yeah, you're coming in here to help you. But by you helping you, you're helping so many other people. Right. And that's power. That's power. That is power, yeah. And the power comes from... Within. Within, <laughs> by reconnecting. hmm Once you reconnect, you can pour out the cup. Yes. Once you pour out that cup, you have more space, mm-hmm. and the space allows the real you to start to take over. Yes. And once that takeover happens, then the real change happens. Yes. Till next time, guys. You've been listening to the Inner Wealth Podcast on EYL. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health. At inception, join the movement.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.